All right, so here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Unnormalized Podcast. This is your host, Frankie A, and I'm here with a really fun and interesting guest. I, I, I'm so glad that we got to have our next guest on. Um, this is probably going to be like the most realist, I have to say, probably the most excited and most like comfortable to date so far that, you know, like, you know, this is a little bit new for me, so I get a little the uh, you know, little butterflies in the stomach, especially some of the people that I'm talking to. But, you know, and not to say, not to like downplay you, but I feel like you're probably going to be the most realist person that I sit down with to date. So today I most have... Most likely. Yeah. Most definitely. But, you know, yeah. I will give you butterflies. I definitely will make you nervous. I have that effect on people. That's okay, because uh, <laughs> uh, it takes a lot to, to shock and awe me. But today, guys, I have with me Kelly Thorne, um, and she is going to sit down and just give us a real um, conversation about who she is and what makes her her, and um, that's what we do here at Normalized Podcast. We want to talk to people about how they do things off the beaten track, um, unconventional, and how they do it. You know, and then that only has to always lead to like fame and fortune and success, which it has for you. But to just um, live the fucking life that you want to live and not by the standards that society or family or community, all that shit that kind of weighs on us when, you know, we make decisions like this um, to do things that we feel like really passionate about or lead our lives the way that we want to lead it. Um, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a really yeah. commendable thing, you know? Um, ah, I mean, definitely. Um, let me tell you that my name is Kylie Thorne. Why, why did I say? Nobody really knows that because they know me from my online presence. So they, this is so big for me because I really like want people to finally hear my voice and put yeah. like well, personality be, to all the pictures. It would and, be nice you know, if I got your name right. <laughs> oh, you said Kaylee, which is how it's uh, spelled. So I don't, don't, you know, at least you know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I try, I try, I try. But, but um, it's fine, so that's why. Yeah, and, and I'm I glad that you want to take this like as a platform um, to let people know who you are. I mean, like, it's very easy for the spectator um, on the other end of an Instagram account or what we see in the media and films and, and TV and all that kind of stuff for us to put a perception on someone of your stature who is in the spotlight under the microscope That's of true. everything. Yeah, you know, and, and there's, to me, I, uh, I, I kind of would guess that there is a person behind that, you know what I mean? There's a person that is behind that whole realm of things and scope of things. So um, take your time, take your time. Listen, we edit this down. There's so. a huge person. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to put you on a, a tripod, but whatever. I'm just going to hold the phone. Anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> but no, no sorry. I, it's, I, I started uh, using Instagram as a platform um, because I I just am a creative and I love putting together photo shoots, even if I wasn't the, um, the, the 
model and it just happened that photographers were like why don't you just be the model and so when instagram first started i used it as a platform and it was like i feel like i was one of the first girls to take her top off on instagram <laughs> and then i think that I think honestly, though, that paved the way for other people because they were like, oh shit, I can do that. And so yeah. a lot of really beautiful women started to not be afraid. And they were working with also photographers that were trying to create a name for themselves. So I started working with photographers before they even started shooting for Playboy. So I feel like my, and, you know, Maxim and all these other amazing magazines, paper and everything. So mm-hmm. it was like, they use my images to get through the door, which I feel honored. You know, I didn't even want to be a model. I just did it for fun because I was 19 years old and I was like, I'm in LA. Like, you know, yeah. I grew up in the Valley. So I, I think just as um, a Valley girl at heart, I naturally just have no fear. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it, the payoff is where you are right now. You know what I mean? Like if you. Took- I'm so happy right now but I did have to take a step back from the modeling because um I started writing way more and I just it's not that I wanted to be taken seriously it didn't have anything to do with that it was just like my time I couldn't go I couldn't you know live the way I was living with um you know photo shoot to photo shoot and driving from here to there from sometimes I would go to the Palisades and then I would have to be in Malibu and then it Mm. would it was just too much like I you know want to finish novels I want to make movies and uh, creative directing is will always be a passion but I had to kind of let that go for a little bit who knows but my kids one day and their kids will have a huge coffee table book full of all my modeling images and they'll be like grandma was hot yeah yeah I mean well you come from a line of like I know this is probably like really sexist but it's a very very attractive beautiful women um Aww, thank you, you. you guys d- d- definitely got some good genes in that family so um so let's let's kind of start there so but uh, i can't take credit for that, that <laughs> so tell us you know i always like to get the background you know of where people come from because i think it gives other people who are fans a, per- a different perspective uh, when you kind of see where somebody's grown up and, um, you know, where they come from and their environment, things like that. Um, plus, I, I, I work in, through my nine to five, I work in psychology. So I always. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so I'm, cool. I'm always fascinated with the, the person's journey where it starts um, because uh-huh. it, it gives them character, it gives them, you know, a foundation of who they are. And uh, so, yeah, like, tell everybody out there, you know, where you're from, you know, family life, things like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'm treating this uh, not really as an interview, just as me and you talking. So I don't know who's listening. So, um, but I will tell you that, uh, (laughs) do you want, like, I mean, how far are we going back? You could go back, sweetie, as far as you want to go or... Well, you know. I'll go to the beginning of time. Um, so my mom and dad actually met on South Beach. My mom was going through a divorce, and my dad was her friend. And my mom actually wanted to hook up him with one of her best friends. 
And so they all went to South Beach one night to celebrate my mom's divorce, and all three of them ended up hooking up. And I don't know if this is TMI, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, shit, you know, it's, it's all, South Beach. They were all, <laughs> they were all just um, on a lot of ecstasy. So for the millennials out there, that's uh, that was Molly before Molly. Yes, and, I'm, yeah. quite a, I'm quite familiar with uh, <laughs> a little bit of ecstasy. Well, you know, uh, 27 years later, here I am. So I'm uh, I'm the the uh, the outcome, the product of uh, ecstasy, which is probably why I am where I am. You know, very just uh, open-minded and free and free-spirited and. And the second that I feel like someone's trying to control me, uh, I freak out. So mm. after that, like, um, my dad and my mom, obviously, like, they were on drugs. They didn't, they realized they didn't really like each other. But my mom still wanted, you know, to have me. So I ended up moving in with my dad seven years later uh, after he already, you know, met my amazing stepmom, who was, like, my best friend. And they had three children that I didn't even meet until I was in first grade. And I, I come from a woman who is a surfer, artist, uh, just as free-spirited as me, even more. And, you know, I come into this life where, like, my dad has his shit together. They live in a beautiful 4,000-square-foot house in Miami. And, and my siblings are beautiful and are modeling and doing commercials and go to a great school. And they've been going to that school for years so they have a stable life and I was like mom I, I want to be here yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry girl I love you but this is my life now and my mom understood and then um right before my dad died uh my the business was just like you guys got to go to New York and then once we went to New York everyone in New York was like you guys got to go to so um my brother actually like booked his first job his first audition he booked in LA and it was really like we always kind of thought like he would be he wanted to be like Tom Cruise you know and and we kind of just hopped on his train and then once I came to LA I just never wanted to leave <laughs> so, so, so thanks to my brother Remy but um but yeah then we all kind of had our own auditions our own life our own uh you know, like passions and everything, but acting was kind of our common ground. And, um, you know, all of my siblings are really talented and beautiful, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, I, there's something that they have that I just keep trying to have, um, which is they're so good at business. And I think that that's something that they got from my dad that like, and their mom, um, that like, I think that I'm just, I'm more of a creative, like, I'm really great at executing and making the product, but I'm not good at, like, you know, selling, selling the business part. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, so I, I let, I have great, I have a great team, and they kind of help me with that, because it's really, like, you know, I don't, I have, I trust the timing of my life. Um, I have some great things that are happening, but, you know, with or without money, with or without fame, I'm always going to be writing. It's just a matter of if the audience wants to hear it and see it, you know? Yeah. I'm the same way. Like I'm a very creative person. Yeah. Um, it's just, I feel like something that people who are like super creative beings, um, it's like no matter what 
the like the payoff is. Um, you always have to kind of do that. I've always done stuff. I, I used to dance hip hop for about 20 years. I was a chef in New York City. Um, even, even, yeah, yeah. yeah, even doing like psychology, work in psychology, I still needed to do something like that's why I kind of started the podcast because I always have some shit to say. And, and this is just an outlet yeah. where I can kind of use a lot of creative talents that I've picked up and kind of filter it that way. But I, I get it. I get it where like, it's like almost, I was just talking to another guest the other day who's a choreographer for Missy Elliott. And she was saying like, it's some like, there's not a, um, like a negotiation to it. Like when you're a creative being and it's like oozing out of your pores, no, you're going to do it no matter what it is until the day you die. Um, because then you don't feel fulfilled yep. and feel purpose and value and all that kind of stuff. So I totally that's get it. That's what always happens. And, and it kind of seeps its way into my relationships. If I don't, if I feel like I'm, uh, you know, just uh, doing like a repeated day or in like routine, um, you know, like if my, if I'm not being creative in my life, then I am unhappy in my relationships and that kind of sucks. And I, you know, I just feel like I'm, kind of like a lone wolf in that way because um, mm -hmm. really like unless I'm like you said being creative then I'm really like I get depressed I get so clinically depressed that it's like I nothing nothing else makes me happy you know yeah. and it it doesn't matter like I mean mainly right now it's writing and and uh and you know just creating worlds on my own but um it used to be modeling you know mm -hmm. Yeah, and and, uh, and then you know, acting was always something that I just—I feel like I'll always be an actress. I'll always be auditioning. I feel like my life is one big, huge audition. You know, I live in LA. Like, I—I I just feel like that's a given. But so right now, I'm not really like—I'm um, not really pushing myself to. I haven't really found any roles that have really like been like, oh my god, I need this. When I was younger, that happened all the time, and I would like reach out to directors and it, they would end up calling me in and I would, you know, just be so excited and I had a hunger for it. And um, then I guess I realized that I really just had a passion for like writing the world and creating the character yeah. and like creating the dialogue and, and it kind of just kind of deterred off into that. So. And not to, yeah. not to take, not to take away from the process and the craft that is acting, um, because exactly. that's, it's very, very, very hard work. I'm not an actor. I've done some like little stuff in like high school, like theater groups and stuff like that. And it's very demanding for the mind, body and the soul. But when you're even behind, then, even in yeah, school, they demand so much. when you're behind the actual creation of it, where it's actually coming from your, your own creative juices, where you're not trying to fit into a mold. Um, and, you know, some some directors, some writers, they allow actors to kind of take their creative leads with things. Um, but you're behind the reins. It's your vision. It's your, like you said, you're creating the world. You're creating the space. You're creating the characters. And I mean, I would love to direct something that I write one day because then I would have way more creative control, like you're saying. But as a writer, it's like once you sell your soul away, once you sell the rights to your script, there's really like, unless you're like a producer and you're, you have a really cool director and team around you that listens to you, 
You're basically fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to just trust that whoever you sell it to or whoever you sell it to doesn't change it and make it this completely different thing. Um, and I'm I'm just lucky because that I just know because that recently happened to me and you know uh, with a project that is based on a novel. Like I'm I respect the novel so much that I don't want to change it at all like I'm so married to because the novel is what I fell in love with and I'm just grateful that I got to adapt it but realistically um it has to transcend into a film and I know that Mm. things have to change for it to kind of work in movies and so we have a really great director and I just ran out of wine what (laughs) I know I should actually look through my kitchen right now oh gosh (laughs) you're following me to my kitchen that's all right um, so, like, how, okay, so you, you come from, like, all your, your brother and your sisters, you guys are also, like, creative and do your own thing in your own, like, kind of way, um, and, which I think is really cool because of the fact that, um, we see some families who are in entertainment and it's basically, like, carbon copies of each other, kind of. And oh yeah, we're all different. Yeah, you guys are so different, and I think that's what makes you guys um, so like intriguing and likable um, to your fans is because we're not getting the same thing from each of you guys. I mean, like your sister's a DJ, you do modeling and you're right, like writing, and your other sister was in acting, and you know. Remy is an athlete. Yeah, it's not about them. This is all about you, but I think, you know. Well, I'm more of a, like, a mental astronaut. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Wait a minute. Was that planned because I'm wearing, like, a NASA shirt? Oh, my gosh, (laughs) no. And I personally believe that NASA isn't real, but that's just because I'm crazy. (laughs) The only reason why I actually have the shirt is because it has my birth year on it, 1976. Oh, that's dope. That was a good year. Yes. I'm 92, year of the riots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. Yes, 92. Um, um, well, I found a beer. No, oh, good. Good. Yep. <laughs> um, so, like, how does, is there, like, a sense of, you know, even though, you know, brother, it comes with being a brother or a sister, like, competitiveness but how oh my god yeah oh yeah like how is that competitive with random strangers if i'm at the gym and i'm on the treadmill and someone is going faster than me i go faster it's terrible like i wish i could just let go and not be competitive but deep down i know my intentions are actually pure and like i'm really happy for them but i think there is like competitiveness can be really healthy because it pushes you to be more it's like you're never going to be the same exact person like you're never, there are enough auditions for everyone. There's enough roles for everyone. Um, but I, I, I just want my siblings to think I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to like look up to me, which is so hard to do because they're all so cool themselves. So it's like, well, fuck. <laughs> well, you know, that is something that I don't, I don't. As somebody who's a sibling, I don't think that's something, like, you ever achieve, um, no. <laughs> you know, as a sibling, you know, yeah, I no, matter, no matter what you do, it's, like, always going to be, like, fuck her or fuck him, you know, like, that's just, that's just, but th- you know what, 
it it's great that well, you guys only if during a time that you guys are fighting. Like yeah. if, if we're all on good terms then you know if I my stepmom like I love her so much. Um I mentioned her before. She's kind of like the one that um catapulted us. Uh you know, she has a degree in advertising, so she's kind of like the Mad Men. Like she's kind of like that show. Like she's just um the Don Draper, I think. Like she's really a genius. And she basically said, if one makes it, we all make it. And, you know, I really always held that in my heart because I, that's how I believe like family sticks yeah. together, you know, especially, especially in your industry where it's very easy for it to go left really quick. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, um, and not yeah, you know, and, um, so it's, it's nice to, but it also that competitiveness, I think it needs to be that way in your line of work because. Well, I'll be honest. I mean, Mike, since you asked for honesty, like my sister, Danny is the one that's closest in age. So mm -hmm. like her and I growing up, we would audition for the same role and it did hurt when one of us got it and the other didn't. And like, we both really wanted it. Like I totally understand. Um, you know, and it was a lesson growing up that we're just lucky enough to have learned that, like, you know, it's, it, that's just how it is. I, it's, you know, really hard, but that's, again, like, if one makes it, we all make it. And, you know, Danny kind of, like, is really good at, like, the background stuff, too, like, editing and DJing. Like, she's very technical. And I told you in the beginning, I'm technically challenged, so it's, like, I'm just you know, competitive in that way. Like, I wish that I could do things that she does for sure. Um, but that's but what you to, guys... I did go to editing school, though. Like, it is one of my passions. Um, I went to New York Film Academy. And oh, really? How to, yes, put together movies. Um, that's, like, something that is such a passion for me. Nothing makes me laugh harder than editing like you could be editing like a really dramatic scene and then it's just like i cry from <laughs> laughter uh in the editing room but i realized like one of my teachers was like oh so she's uh referencing me he's like you're probably here because you saw cameron diaz in the holiday and wanted to <laughs> you know and you were like i can do that and i was like yeah actually that's exactly <laughs> what happened and, and so he was like, would you be okay with being in the basement, like paying your dues, eating Cheetos, like for 12 hours? And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. When you mm. say it like that, I don't know if I It's not so glamorous. So, yeah, it's definitely not the most glamorous job, but uh, I, I definitely want to be in the editing room for Crank because that's my baby. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, but so, I probably won't be. Realistically, I probably won't be there. Yeah. Because um, you can't do everything. There's some, you know, and, and I think it's hard when you have such an investment in something that you do creative to have to learn to detach yourself from where uh, it becomes like having control over everything. Completely. You to let to go. trusting into yeah. the people who are going to take your vision and your creativity and kind of take it to like a level where 
you're not so hyper-focused on every single thing, you know, because then you're going to have to worry about getting ready for press and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, that stuff, I mean, I already know I'm going to fail, so who cares about <laughs> Why do you um, say you're going to fail? I'm so bad at interviews. The only reason I feel like I'm not tanking this is because you feel like a friend for some reason, oh, even though well, it's you. the first time we met. Like, this is just me drinking a beer, cleaning my closet, so I feel yeah. really, like, at home because I'm literally at home. But... I don't know why I always, it's not that I get nervous. Like, even if you saw me on the street and like had a conversation with me, you would see how awkward I am. And I always say the wrong thing at the wrong time. I always get in trouble. Like, I just remember being with my friend and he made a wrong left turn and the cop pulled us over and I, the my friend was in the driver's seat driving my car and was like, just be quiet. And I was like, okay. And then the cop rolls down the window and is like, hey, do you know why we pulled you over? And I go, I just blurt out, was it because my registration was out? And the cop is like, uh, no, but let me go look at your registration now. And I was like, fuck, why, what is wrong with me? So I just know, like, it's almost easier if I don't get interviewed, like, but I feel like, um, but, I, but I think it just is part of the process. Uh, but Kylie, I think that, you know, for me, and I, I, I'm only guesstimating, like, how other people perceive you on, on, from a fan perspective. I always gravitate to the person where I feel like that person is being the realist. I, you know, people don't walk around and everything is not fucking unicorns and farting like rainbows. You know what I mean? Like, I like to see the messy. I like yeah. to see... Because I I am a very much a person that believes in like energies and and yeah. things like that. So um, and well, people... that's the hardest part to do once the camera turns on, you know, because we naturally, even if we don't know about it, we we put a shield up, a, not a wall, but like it's like you're suddenly in captivity or in a glass glass box, like, and you do it to yourself. So that's why I love acting because every audition, every callback even if it's for the same role, uh, every scene, that's why I love doing the scene over and over and over again. Like a lot of actors would be like, no, we're one and done type people. But for me, like, I just think every time you do it, it's gonna be different. And you just try to get realer and realer every time. And that's why I think it's so beautiful. And it's so hard for people to do, even in real life, once the mm -hmm. camera turns on, they change, you know? It's so, it's just not a nat like even something yeah. like this. It's not a natural thing. You're not used to like, seeing I don't know yourself. How stars do it. I have like no idea. oh my god. <laughs> like that would be. That like, is I such. I that is such like an underrated industry because, you know, of of course because it's like stigmatized. But I'm like, fuck you. Can you imagine like you're in the the most intimate setting that you can anybody can possibly be in where you're vulnerable um you're worried about like body image like you know what i mean you're like that like when the cameras are not on you and you're just fucking with but somebody you, you know what i mean like really confident in yourself yeah like um, same goes with like sex scenes from real movies like movies that aren't you know stigmatized um like uh it, like i guess just regular movies like and they have a sex scene in them like it, I mean, I I only know from experience, like, one director asked me to take off my top, which is so funny because in film, I am, like, absolutely not. It has to be the right director, the right scene, the right everything. 
but with modeling I'm like okay I show up to set and I'm like great like here's I don't I can be naked all day like it's it's so different with still than it is with moving images like uh film pictures like moving pictures are just like I I don't know I close up and I feel like that's why I'm not a good actress <laughs> but every actress feels that way uh, yeah I, I was gonna say like any like anytime you're putting your creative out there you're always the hardest opinion that's in the room and um, sex to it yeah it does because, different. yeah and it's just like it's funny because like you were saying like how you felt like really comfortable because you're in like your house and stuff like that but that's what i do every day is i actually go into like people's homes and like work with them in their homes and and the reason why i do that is because i want to see like i want people to be in their comfort, their most comfortable setting, which is usually their own environment. And it allows people to have like a facility to open up about things or just, you know, keep it real and well, I not have- go, I thought, okay, I'm an idiot. I thought that you've told me multiple times, okay, so we're doing 6 p.m. Eastern. And for some reason, when you texted me today, I was like, wait, oh my gosh, I was planning on driving to Beverly Hills right now. Oh shit. And I had to like call my friend, but I was planning on going to a bar and taping this in a bar. So glad we did not do that. Um, but yeah, that's like who I am. Uh, even though for the record, I did go 21 days, no alcohol. I'm very proud of it. Um, just well, to prove good. that I could break the habit. But uh, I'm back on the train. And, well, listen. Um, love and life. Well, um, for full disclaimer, I, I don't, dr I used to party a lot. I don't, I don't drink anymore. But when you I don't drink, it's its own high. Like I remember being on like day 19 and I, and I, the only reason why I started drinking again was because on the 21st day I was literally on a plane to Cabo and I was like, well, who's not going to have a margarita? Yeah, Cabo? Yeah. But I, um, I, I would have kept going because it was like after the third week you're like, or after like this week and second week and a half, maybe even after the first week, I was like, this is great. Like I, I feel so like sharp and yeah. like clear and like I don't feel like annoyed or it was nice I I'll definitely do it again and um, and, and I I say that because um there's always like this misconception about like having to get clean and and like what that what that fucking looks like right it aggravates the shit out of me because like you know no diss to anybody who does like a 12-step program or anything like that but oh my mom my mom is in the pro she's been in the program since i was like seven years old so gotcha yeah, yeah. i have family members likewise i grew up around it um yeah. but what i learned from what i do now is that um that like any type of recovery revolves around the person. It doesn't revolve around a program, sort to say, because- Oh, I still, it's just the prayer for me. I still say to myself, just moments every day, like just grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change because I cannot change things. I cannot control what is outside. Like, and yeah. I can't drink, I can't drink in hopes that it will help me control that, you know? Yeah. So I get it, I get and, it. And, 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 yeah, and I and I tell people, you know, like that is your own journey, and whatever that looks like for you, um, and just because somebody it doesn't match what like maybe a, like a, not just twelve step pro, but any any type of situation like that, if it doesn't fit your, that doesn't mean you're failing at it. It doesn't mean because that can kind of break people down. Like if you're recovered and you slip or you go back and then now you feel like 
you're a fucking loser. You failed. Exactly. You failed. And what is that? It's like an endless kind of cycle yeah. that it puts people in. So, um, yeah. well, like, they say I, that that's, you know, relapse is part of the recovery. But absolutely. I will say that my relationship with the universe and God is that I surrender and the universe takes things away from me when I do not need it anymore. And so, and it happens in every aspect of my life, even with drugs and alcohol and all that, like, I know a lot of people say everything in moderation, including moderation. So this is why I get to drink and party now. And I'm like, well, sometimes that moderation is the opposite way. And it means yeah. like, you yeah. gotta go cold turkey. And it, you know, I'm, I'm not like, uh, I'm spiritual. I believe in all realms of beliefs in life. There's, I, I go to church, but it's not, you know, because I, it's because I genuinely love Jesus and love like the person that he was. And I do believe in him, but I, um, I definitely believe in Buddhism and that there was a whole life way before Jesus and monks and, and uh, philosophers that I also admire. Like I love Plato and Socrates, even though I think they were, they had their own issues. (laughs) They weren't perfect. Like Jesus, like in every, every depiction of Jesus, everyone says, dude, he was awesome. You know, people don't, it's very hard. Mm -hmm. Everyone else in the world, every single person in the world doesn't even get that. Like even, you know, Buddha himself, like every, like all the Buddhas, like, you know, no one is, is a perfect person, but I think that, uh, you know, I still, everyone's going through their shit, you know, and Socrates and Plato had a beautiful story, a love story that like, I just, you know, I admire so much and that's kind of where i get my beliefs from is a lot of um just i read a lot (laughs) but i think that's how it should be like i think like when you can pull from different things and and it's funny that you said that because i was born and raised a catholic um but i practice a lot of like buddhist techniques and principles for sure and there are different saints in every um form of god i hate the word religion (laughs) <laughs> no so do i <laughs> but uh you know i i kind of believe in greek mythology i know it's mythology it's a myth but there are certain religion or um i guess belief systems that believe in different uh what is it orishas or uh uh i i don't even know but just you know there's a i feel like there's a god for every person yeah yeah and i think that um I always, I always say there's a difference between being a spiritual person and a religious person. Um, by all means, I would never claim myself to be a religious person, but I feel like I am definitely um, a spiritual person because there is definitely something guiding me in a way that, like when I was younger, I didn't see it. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I try to be like, first of all, I'm Italian, so I'm a fucking hard head and I try to control <laughs> everything. But you get Same, to- Same actually, that sounds just like me. I am Italian too. And uh, yeah, so, and, and you're Cuban, right? Yes, yeah, very Cuban. That's so, why the Orishas <laughs> come in and, and Santeria. But I don't believe in that. Like, I, I mean, I, I definitely have been involved in that world because, um, you know, like being in Miami, it's all around you. I believe even JLo and, and uh, Randy Jackson from American Idol, like they're all, I don't know, people don't talk about it because it's crazy, but 
um, you know, they think like Santori is like all sacrificing and witchcraft. And it's very scary because I would go from being with my dad and him being all spiritual with candles and just like, you know, uh, bringing home like our friends would come back from Cuba and they would, you know, we would have like this big Cuban dinner. And then I would go to like my mom's side of the family in the sticks, like in Ocala, like in the middle of the woods. And my grandpa, I would be like, well, grandpa, I believe God is in all of us. So I think we're all God. And he was like, that's witchcraft. Take that out of my house right now. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So this is the, this is the divide. Okay, yeah. I get it. <laughs> but there's something, there's something that's like really cool fucking about that, that lends to what you do for a living that like you get that, that contradiction of, oh, yeah. of life like <laughs> styles yeah and I, I find that like fascinating that's why i like to talk cool. to people like when about their when i ask them about like where they're from it's not to talk about like family like bullshit or trauma and all that it's to find like that that's what people who want to know what makes you so creative and so no, I'm successful so grateful that you're actually allowing me and that you actually like reached out because um i I just feel like nobody really knows me. <laughs> Even no matter, it doesn't matter how many auditions you go to, how many people you meet. I, in this industry where, you know, you, it's all, it's a business still, even though it's like creatives trying to make a business out of being creative and, and you don't really get it. Even for you, like when you have guests come on, I'm sure it's really, it's like you have to break that shell to get them comfortable enough to um, be themselves. And, it's, it's, and, yeah. It's weird that you say that because, like, for people who don't know behind the, behind the scenes, when I have a guest come on, first of all, um, it's either me, this is a family affair. So it's basically me and my wife is my producer. Um, yeah, Irish wife, right? Yes, She's Irish funny. wife, and she is ballsy. She's actually the one was like, you have to have her on. She's a fan oh. of yours. Yeah, so she's oh like, God. so, like, a lot of people don't know it's like either myself or my wife or somebody who that we feel like we could really connect with um that yeah. fits kind of like what the show is about um and i Thank send everybody you. um a i call it a questionnaire and it says things like you don't want to discuss and <laughs> i you know i don't go there you know because i this is not like a no diss to her but this is not like a wendy williams kind of type of atmosphere where like i want to pull shit out of people that you know, they're not, com I want people to be comfortable with what they're talking about. So, um, but I gotta tell you, like the amount of people that I have on that will fill out that section. And I don't know if it's because of what I do for a living that I uh, have a knack for um, making people feel comfortable, that people will actually themselves bring those things up that they don't wanna talk about. Um, well, you're and, using your background in psychology as yeah. a cheat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no but that's what I this... I very comfortable talking to you. I'm um, very intrigued about you know, people I mean, and, like, about how they think and, and um, the beauty of what I do is get to see, like, not every brain, not every mentality, not every thought process is just like everybody else. 
Um, and that's hence the whole premise of the show and normalized is because normal is a fucking illusion. There's nothing that's really normal in this life, you know. But People try to. You're in New Jersey. If you were in LA, you'd be like, I don't even know what normal is. <laughs> well, the 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 cool thing about where I live is um, I grew up in what uh, you probably have heard of it. Like I grew up in with the Ironbound section of Newark, so um, it's like where they film Sopranos. It's very old school. Uh, yeah. Italian, Irish um, kind of background to it. And we're literally like, I can see the New York City skyline from where I used to grew up. So um, I was always in the city. So I'm used to not seeing just like the normal quote unquote, like I'm used to seeing people that live the way that they want to live and be well, that the people like that they want to is it wasn't that besides uh, London and England for the punk scene? Wasn't New York like a huge, huge punk thing? Huge. Yeah. CBGBs was. CBGBs. Yeah, yes. it was, and I'm so fucking pissed that they closed that down because like I was too young to to go there at that time. You know, I was like probably six, seven when the the punk scene was out, and I'm I absolutely love music, music, yeah, film, TV, food, anything like that. Well, if I had to, and this is going to, I'm going to get, like, probably some slaps in the face by, like, my producers and stuff, but oh, I, no. I, I I need music. Like, I, if there was, like, you're on death row and you can either watch a movie or listen to music before you're going, like, I would be like, okay, give me my, give me my music. Like, give me iTunes right now, because, like, yeah. that, it's kind of, like, in, in a way, you know, film is in slow motion depicting a moment. Whereas music is like everything is happening in the now, yet you, it's just so beautiful. Like and even it, like you going know, back to classical is just, it makes you cry. And yeah, it, there's, I was just gonna say, it's something about like the form of music that um, you can listen to like the same song. Now the song doesn't change, the lyrics Oh, I repeat it, I'm a repeater. And <laughs> you day. can, you can hear the same song and it like, Play it back on repeat the next time, and it's striking a different chord of it. Yes. It's, and how about you could listen to an old song now, and it can be like you hear it for the first time, and you're like, why do I love this song now? Like, why is it resonating with me in this moment in my life now when it came out in the 80s or 70s? Yeah. Like, why do I still think, you know, this uh, this song <laughs> is so beautiful? Like, freaking Pink Floyd gets me every time. Oh, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. Yes. You, have you have you ever seen a Roger Waters show? Uh, no, I haven't. But uh, he's my mom's favorite. I just have some memories of like you know being like a teenager sitting in the living room while she was painting, and she would be repeating Pink Floyd. Uh, their live concert in Italy. She would have it on the TV, and it would just like be repeating over and over and over again. Um, the Wish You Were Here song, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, and now every time I hear it, I have my own movie in my head, you know? Yeah. It's so great. Um, and, but and, I also love Radiohead. They're, oh, they're love, love. I'm, I'm a total 90s head, so if it's yeah. 90s alternative or if mm -hmm. 90s hip-hop, I'm mm -hmm. there. Like, I'm oh my so god, 90s hip-hop. Oh my gosh. But the thing is, is, like, I was just thinking this today. There are very few hip-hop songs that, and I would love for fans, if you're listening right now, to send me all the tear-jerking hip-hop songs, because there are way more rock songs that, like, tear-jerk your eyes, like, 
you know, I could listen to freaking that In Rainbows album and just lay on my bed and cry. Like, yeah. I don't know what it does for me, but it just makes me cry. Whereas, like, you know, I could listen to Hail Mary by Tupac and it doesn't make me cry. It's a bomb ass song. Yeah. And I'll listen to it on repeat over and over, but it doesn't make me cry. Yeah, know? no, no. I, 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 and I love hip hop. I love hip hop, but I, I get what you're saying. There's like, and but okay, so. I said I would run to Hail Mary on the treadmill and I probably, well, I guess you could run to some classical, more like, um, yeah, I it really just depends what Kylie, you're in. It's Kylie, I don't run. I don't run fucking anywhere to anything for any reason. <laughs> oh god, I'm, I'm a runner. When I was 19 to like 21 for those those years, I was running seven miles a day. Wow. Uh, wow. It could have been the Adderall. It could have been. The Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> I I just uh, I mean that's my path. Like it's one of my my and it's just so bad for your and that's probably why I do other activities now like hot yoga I love because it just brings me closer to God like it works out every bone in your body and and sometimes if it's a really good class like I'll cry I'll legit yeah. cry I um, actually same with running when you yeah. run really far you start crying like it's really I good. I um probably about like maybe a year and a half ago, my wife comes home and because um, again, in my job, like I have a very open mind to things. So like I try to utilize things that like people will fucking like tell me like, like I tried knitting. I've picked up knitting. I've I picked up. I picked up like the ukulele because do you I get have, bored easily. I do get bored very easily. I I do have ADHD, so it goes in like. But no, like, I would have never. <laughs> but I, the reason why I at least try it and I I get it to where like I can try at least to get the fundamentals down is because like how can I talk to you and say like if it's, like try it. And not be bullshitting you. Like I am not a bullshit. Try before you buy. Yeah, exactly. So, and like, and there in that something can come from it. So uh, my oh wife. Oh my gosh, my my poor mom has bought me so much shit, and I've been like, no, this is different, mom. The guitar is different. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be a rock star. I promise. <laughs> but like, that guitar oh, I gave away. Like, you, who are you telling me? I have a 17 year old <laughs> son, and it's like. Everything. First of all, he thinks he's Justin fucking Bieber, and, and you know he thinks like everything is like the fad. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just the world that they grew up in now. You know what I mean? It's very. Oh, it must be. I think everyone says it's harder to have girls because they are more expensive, but I think boys are more expensive. They're the ones that are like, I wanna, I need this turntable. I need these new Nikes that are like five hundred dollars. I need this. I need this. Like girls are like. Um, can I just go to Sephora? Like, yeah, know, no, like my son, way easier. My son, everything has to be either be supreme, he yes. Gucci, Gucci slides, oh and all gosh, that, all that kind of lots. stuff. But you know what? It's good. It's good that I can be in a space where I can provide him those things. But now he's getting to the mm. age where you get a fucking job and buy yourself, you know? Right. <laughs> no, but, um, um, I actually, I, not to name drop, but I actually go to a church that um, Justin Bieber goes to. Like, he, Oh, really? It's the, I mean, it's one, I think he goes to a couple, but um, I just recently started going to a really good one. And the pastor was saying that as a, as a parent, you just want your kid to like 
look out for themselves. Like as a parent, yeah. you, they don't need to do anything for you. And I just, I, it was so crazy after that sermon, like I, like a week later, I was like talking to my mom and she's like, you know, Kylie, I'm still helping you pay off your car. You shouldn't be getting a new car. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, well, I want to be able to take care of you. And then she was like, well, no, like, I just want you to look out for it. I want you to do you. Like, yeah. if you're happy, I'm happy. And I was like, fuck. Now, it's, it's... just like what my pastor said. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, like, two questions popped into my mind when you were saying that, like, um, one, well, three things. One, my son absolutely idolizes Justin Bieber. That's why I said that, because he just thinks that he's like the like a James Dean kind of like oh, how like okay. how like my generation looked at yeah. like all the dudes looked at James Dean like that's the cool motherfucking cat that I want to be Third like James Dean was really short <laughs> <laughs> and that's his but that's how that's how like he doesn't say that because he had, of course he has no idea who James Dean is but that's when he describes Justin Bieber to me that's what I get from him. It's not That's like his dope, music. Actually, it's yeah. like his persona, his style, his swagger, all that he kind does, of stuff. He invent, I think he invented swaggy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, you no, know, I love him. I think he's great. Um, so what I was thinking when you were saying that, like two things. So like, how does someone with like fame and recognition like you have go to something like church mm-hmm. okay where you're you're there for your your reasons to be there how does like that whole thing work because you have people there who obviously I'll tell you right now yeah. um there are levels there are levels so like say i go visit my mom in fort myers and i go to a church there yeah everyone it's going to be different but when you're in la it's like, okay, well, what level are you on? Like, and that's what kind of is good and bad. It's like, you can go to church and Justin Bieber randomly is giving his own sermon on stage. And you're just like, this is life. This is unnormalized. This is unnormalized because you can't get this in Fort Myers, Florida. You know, you don't get that, but you do get a different type of um, connection in uh, just a, out of LA and that's why I, you have to you know I I love my mom's side of the family for keeping me leveled and sadly my dad passed away so I don't really have like his side uh, mm. to uh, teach me things like I have my stepmom and she brings me closer to my dad like whenever I'm around her I feel like my dad is still alive mm-hmm. um, but at the same time like we've been in LA since I was 14 so that's just how it is here it's like you, it's like it's nothing normal yeah 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 you, yeah you see travis scott at jamba juice and you're like yeah. all right well it's the valley and that's like, that's kind of how how it is like i i oh, rarely but i will say something funny though because i'm still like the beebs you can tell your son like i'm starstruck by him <laughs> like i i had to whip out my phone when he started singing with uh, the gospel on stage i was like i don't care if i get judged right now because i feel like i'm being judged <laughs> so hard but i still got to record this and send this to my mom i still got to show my mom (laughs) you know like it's it's just different levels you know but um i yeah there was something else i was going to tell you on that note that i but like and also i was thinking like okay so how how i mean i get it i i i don't would attach the two but like how 
how do you manage when, like, first of all, I have to give you 100% credit as a female. Um, I, I really think that, you know, a lot of the work that you have, like, in photos and Instagram, um, they may be very really revealing. But here's my thing, is I find that I look at it differently. I look at it like there, even male, female, whatever. When someone, that's your natural skin, you know what I mean? And to expose that or the way that we're naturally supposed to be, like, that is commendable. It shouldn't be something that I, should be judged I feel or. Like when I'm not in clothes because I feel like I don't wear clothes well I don't feel like I look great in clothes I feel like um I'm my sexiest when you can see every edge every curve of my body uh because I do take really good care of my body um I you know I see one thing a cellulite and I freak out that's the normal person in me mm -hmm. um so I you know like I I try to like you know really like I take care like I keep myself in tip-top shape my mom was a bodybuilder like I you know she was also a personal trainer like I grew up you know just always seeing that but it's really important to like be beautiful on the inside and beautiful to yourself like everyone has their own idolized yeah. I but like when I was shooting when I was taking those photos I never did it for anyone else actually you know what I think what what uh propelled me for my first photo shoot was I was dating a fuck boy and I was like you know what he's gonna see how sexy I am right now I'm going to go to this photo shoot, I'm going to upload it on the internet, and I'm going to be badass, and it totally backfired. Uh, I want you to, like, burn those shorts. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so it totally, like, every time that I would uh, break up with a boyfriend or, or be hurt by a guy, I would upload a photo, and I would feel, like, instant satisfaction because it yeah. was, like, even though this one person – you know, doesn't think I'm hot or is putting me down. It's like there are a thousand other people that think I'm beautiful. Exactly. So in a way, it's empowering. Oh yeah, no, like I could totally, I could totally sense that from you. Um, that's what guys hate. That's yeah. what your boyfriend hates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. how does how do so you? I like, learned my lesson. You're very yeah. spiritual. You're very spiritually in tune. So like, how do you? to your like your critics out there who may say how can you take like a revealing photo but then say you love jesus because that's what they no I, and i get it i'm not saying that i i absolutely don't think the two have anything to do with each other um but you know what i mean like how would you well, like kind of i mean i i believe that they do in a way um you know uh it's all about self-love at the end of the day. And I learned, like I said, I learned my lesson to not go posting things on the internet for validation. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned that in my early 20s. Oh, gosh, after 25, I guess you're in your late 20s. Um, yeah. So, and it's girl, true. Girl, like, I'm, once like, you hit I'm fucking 40. I'm 43. I can't eat sriracha <laughs> anymore. I can't eat sriracha without it triggering my psoriasis. Like, what kind of shit is that? So, anyway, um, no, I will say that I get, I get actually judged a lot by um, everyone, not just uh, women. I get judged by men, too. And it's great. Like, I, I actually look, I look, it's all about your perspective. But I will say that I am, like, so connected to beauty. And I think they say, I just learned this in church, too, last week, um, 
last thing created was woman and 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 god was like all right there it is like the last thing and so i you know if it's for me like whatever makes you feel and i know that some women out there that judge me the hardest deep down they look at it and they're like fuck all right like i see her like you have to get past all the hate but yes. all there is all there is is love and you have to really learn that and i learned that in 2015 from shrooms so <laughs> you can you can learn a lot of good shit from shrooms let me yes, tell you, you like, can. <laughs> yes you can and also fuck up your life for the next couple of years so i wouldn't you know but you, but but you know have, what you know what just you bring more. up you bring up shrooms and Great. i have to tell you like all those psychedelics are mm coming back into the medical community. I can't tell you like the amount of trial studies that I read, especially dealing with like mental health stuff that like things like ecstasy and mushrooms are now really being put back into it on a medicinal level. People are, doctors are looking at it now like, shit, it really helped this person. Why is it not helping this person? And and that's, you know, the, that's the beauty of it is like I went into that shroom trip I haven't done ayahuasca and I haven't done peyote and even though I have a cactus or like I, well, the cactus is in my ex-boyfriend's yard, so I know where it is, <laughs> but <laughs> the peyote cactus, I can easily make the tea of it, let's just say, and I haven't. And, um, you know, I definitely believe that if you go into it asking questions, like in 2015, I was just, I had so many questions. Why am I here? What am I, like, what is my purpose? Like, I know I'm not here for nothing. And I, I had so many questions, like I just knew that there, that I needed answers. And a mm -hmm. lot of people take drugs just to feel, you know, whatever, just, and they can do it that way too. But on certain trips, um, I just remember being with a, a bunch of boys and there was only one other girl and she was on Molly and the, all the boys were doing shrooms with me. And I just remember they did, you know, a handful. And one of my friends kept seeing me go back in the bag for more. And I just kept taking more and more. And I just remember his eyes going wide. Like he was genuinely afraid for me. And all I can say is like, they were not having the, tr the same experience that I was. I remember talking to God and I didn't want, to leave God. Like I felt like I was his best friend and, and God, and I say he, because it didn't necessarily feel like one entity. It felt like um, a bunch of uh, hands that were just holding me. Like, I just felt like I was a spectrum of light and I was getting all the answers. It was almost like in that um, Indiana Jones kingdom of the crystal skull, like the worst Indiana Jones movie um, <laughs> of the series. Uh, so Kate Blanchett touches the crystal skull because yeah. she just has, she just has all these questions. She wants the knowledge. And basically that's what I, uh, sum it up to was that I touched the crystal skull and I just got all this knowledge and now I'm just living life. Like, I hope I don't get shot because someone thinks I'm a messiah, you know? Yeah. Um, so talk about that because I know that you're working on um, something that kind of talks about a memoir of like a, that type of experience. And I love that because um, I often get, because I'm such a far fucking out there thinking person, especially for somebody in a field where the clinical is looked at so much. Um, 
for full disclaimer, You're what in I, New Jersey too. Yeah, like, and what I, yeah, what I do in my role in psychology is I'm actually what's called a recovery support specialist or practitioner, and what that basically is, Kylie, is a fancy word for like a peer support specialist. So I actually, they bring me, agencies bring me in because um, they want the real deal life perspective. Um, so like, I know what it is to be hospitalized in a mental, on a mental unit. I know what it is to come from drugs and alcohol, um, how that affects the family and all that different pieces, because nobody wants in that situation. Well, even there when you're, even there when you're in the mental hospital, as you know, like there are different levels. Like I say, there are levels in LA of fame and success. Like even in the mental hospital, I remember when I was, I had a stint where I, I kept going to mental hospitals and and people that, you know, they would, it, sometimes I felt like they understood me, but then others would be like, what are you doing in here? Like, yeah. you're, you're beautiful. Like, what the fuck are you depressed about? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and well, there's something to fucking say. Like, I'm glad I'm talking to you. Like, only people who have been in that situation know what that situation is like. People can guesstimate and, and, and think that they know, but uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like being in prison. Somebody who is you see girl interrupted and they're like, oh, that's yeah, like oh yeah. wow, you know what I mean? Like no, you there's some it, yeah, there's sure. some really fucked up shit that you can like, be exposed to and and um, yeah. oh, yeah. I had a I had one of my roommates uh, in the first I'm gonna ever... I'm gonna vape oh. just so you know. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Um, uh, as long as you're not blowing it in my face. No. <laughs> you're not because you're in New Jersey. No, but I don't want to like blow it into the camera either. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would actually be awesome. I might accept that. Uh, no, I will say that I had a roommate in one of the mental hospitals and and it, it made sense at the time because of the the psychosis that I was going through. But I remember her masturbating all night she was my roommate and she couldn't stop masturbating and then she would look at me and be like thank you and at the time I knew what she was talking about so like that's kind of why I'm writing my book because I I traveled there and I'm like okay this is what I slow it down I slow down the time and I create this whole chapter or part of a chapter and I just I'm not writing the book for I mean it, it would be great for other but I'm mainly I think what is making it go so fast is because I'm writing it for myself. I'm writing yeah. it to prove to myself that it happened and that even though boyfriends and family and people around me were telling me it wasn't real, I don't want to get dementia when I'm older and be like, forget completely about it. And like the, you know, like, the, like, I just feel like I have to do it not only for myself, but for the world. Um, and, and the reason why that I kind I'm of, not alone. yeah, the reason why I kind of went there is because like, um, you know, in my field, there's a lot of like terminology and boxes and labels and categories. And that's why I love what I do what I do, because part of my job is breaking down that stigma, um, because I can usually get into somebody that the clinical staff can't. Um, cool. And so yeah, cool. it's that's like, why it's fascinating. I trust, like, I, even I like feel like just like right away, I feel like it's all about the 
like feeling like this person gets you. Yeah, and and um, when you talk about like that whole spiritual aspect of it, I don't discredit anybody for that because I often say to people in my field and a lot of the clinical people that I work with, I, I get into a lot of heated discussions with because, you know, things like schizophrenia and all that, they're wrapped around religious preoccupation of religious preoccupation. So I often say, how the fuck do you know that this person really is not experiencing that? And maybe because you don't experience that or can't, there's something that's blocking you, that a veil that you can't penetrate to um, experience that. Um, you know, the- Well, it's like when I go to talk to my therapist or anyone, um, you know, when I was going through depression, or I guess it's not, it's something you manage, you know, um, the therapist would be like, well, do you smoke weed? And like, just assuming like that was the reason I'm depressed. I'm like, I have so many friends who are not depressed that smoke weed. Okay. Yeah. Like maybe I have smoked a lot of weed in my life. Like I don't anymore, but like, I believe it did cause a chemical imbalance. How can it not? But at the same time, like I, um, you know, I don't interpret things I think everyone is entitled to their own individuality and their own differences that make them unique. And like, I don't interpret things the way other people do. I definitely, um, you know, because of just who I am, who I've been in past lives, who I always will be, like, I just see the world differently. And I, everyone, everyone sees the world differently. That's what's so awesome. It's like God trying, it's like God, not trying, but God, everything is happening now and God is just in all of us seeing everything in every single perspective in every single dark corner, the smallest bug, the most famous person, the president, uh, a criminal who's on, you know, who's like in jail. Like it, that's just God seeing every single thing. That's his, or I say his, um, but you know, sometimes I think the universe is female. It just like, I, there's one question gets answered and you have thousands of other questions. Sure, yeah, yeah. And and um, and I, I love that about, you know, just speaking to you. Like when I was reading your, you know, questionnaire and I saw that come through and I was like, I so want to have a conversation with her about that because people may not be inclined to like talk about stuff like that when you oh, know like scary. you're lucky that you're talking to someone who doesn't give a fuck yeah well you know i'm glad because we need i you know um we need people to like yourself and i think um just from my own perspective um and meeting you for the first time is we need people like you because you're part of your, I wouldn't say your role, but your part of why you're here is to be a storyteller for people um, on, on what this human existence really is like, you know what I mean? Like oh, what, how it, how it should be led, how you should be living your life um, beyond the confines of what society is telling you that you should be doing. That's not the reason why we were created and, and to be put here. Um, well, there is a collective consciousness, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, I, I, I like love the, when I read that about your, your memoir is I think that I, I really 
would love. I, I, would, I, I purposely never call it a memoir, but in like your questionnaire, I was like, well, how else do I freaking describe this thing? Because it's more of like a spiritual introspection, like, you know, how Virginia Woolf, like into the lighthouse, like it's mainly like just it's like one big monologue and I'm yeah. actually sending it to um, like uh, just producer friends and their, you know, publisher friends. And I'm just getting feedback right now because I am terrified to promote that book and put it out in the public um, because it's like, it's in a time I wrote, I wrote it in a, cause it's almost finished. I, I mean, it's, it's halfway finished. I think I want it to be 300 to 500 pages and I only have like around 200 right now. So mm -hmm. I definitely like, it was in a time where I was manic. So at this point, I just kind of want to send it to a publisher and have them tell me from like a normal person's perspective, mm -hmm. yeah. what they think. Because when I, when I read it out loud to friends, they're like, just at dinner or wherever, they're like, holy shit, I feel like I'm in your head. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what it feels like to be in my head. So this is awesome. <laughs> like if I could get this, like if I could get this out there to where, you know, not only girls, but boys, you know, just um, all genders, uh, you know, read it and they're like, we get it. You know, like I oh, that would bring tears to my eyes. Like it's not about the sales. It's really not about the money because I know with or without the money, like I'm always going to be okay. I'm always going to figure my shit out like i mm -hmm. i learned that in the darkest hour of my life you know so i just... um but no i think i think it would be like especially now in this like very divisive kind of dark period that we're kind of i hope that we eventually move it, past we um, got it, it, it you, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, That's yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I learned that from suffering from psoriasis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, you, when you go through something, like, where you have to struggle and get to the op the other end of it, you, you know, but there's that, it's, it's that journey that people need to understand that someone like yourself like uh, like I I mean I haven't read it I am no you know editor or publisher or anything like that but from somebody that maybe has have had some of those similar concepts um, happen or experience that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I've had certain experiences like that I won't go into it um, because. I want your story to be the the thing that shines, um, but I I like understand how fearful it may be to put it out there. It's terrifying. But look I at how you someone might dislike it, but just because they're hearing what your mind, mind. was during that time of your life where you were manic. Like I was writing a scripts in seven days. Like I was, you know, it it, it was terrifying to my brother it was terrifying to my stepmom and anyone that was close to me at that time it was the closest to me like they were scared because I was walking around thinking I was Jesus I was thinking that I was resurrected from the dead and that God was my father so that's what the book is about basically <laughs> and it's terrifying yeah. um and I'm not the only one I'm not 
the only one. I Googled it. There are a lot of people that think they were Jesus. <laughs> so. I, can, I, I, I can't. You're absolutely right. I'll just leave it at that. I, I see it every day, girl, what I do. And I can't. That's why I wanted to have the conversation. Because how, think about it. Think about it. If, if, if it didn't happen on some level, right, how could everybody have that, like, similar experience? You know what I mean? Like, oh, and I it's, was it's not like you know the. It's not like you know the guy myself. that's. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you know the guy. And, this is that we're not lying. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's just that's why I love doing what I do and why I love it's talking. It's almost like if you, it's like this radio show. It's like your brain is also another form of you know brain wave, sound wave, sound travels through your ears. Um, it's thankfully we're able. I feel like once we hear the voices, like a higher power silences them or like turns off the frequency or something just to protect us because we ultimately can't, I couldn't handle it. You know, hearing the voices in my head, I was, I, I want, I, when they went away, I was, I missed them. You know, I wanted to, I didn't want to like, like with them, you don't feel alone. It's, um, but then there were, you know, other voices that were, you just have, it's so terrifying, honestly. No, uh, there, the mental health aspect is, I think that that's one of the things, you know, because the world is changing because things are different now that weren't different a hundred years or even 50 years ago, like, um, I, I think that mental health is one of the first things that we have to, as the, as a whole, as a whole collective, you know, like not just the United States, but everywhere. Like, I feel that, um, mental health needs to be like number one priority because the, the way the outer piece is inner peace, you know? And, and maybe that's why you're here to tell this story because we need to, we need to have somebody who's on a platform that can speak it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I do like legislation stuff. I do Hill Day in Washington. I go sit, like I have no, I have, I was just say I have big balls, but That's I do awesome. have big, I do have big yeah. balls. Like I will go down and I, I like, I will speak to a senator or a congressman and be like, what the fuck, man? Like how, how can you do this to people? Um, and, um, and I'm just like you one little. You have a big penis to have big balls. No, exactly. Well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not right. saying I don't have a big penis, but you know, uh, we'll leave that up for my wife. I, yeah, I hope your wife is right there. <laughs> but um, no, but like having someone like you that has a platform that can speak to um, what that was like, so maybe people can get a uh, 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 introspective piece of it that where they can get an introspective with the book game of yes yeah you know and and i i think that is going to like i can't wait for it to come out um i think it'll be powerful um and like i love it i love where you're you're taking things with your creativity with um your outlet uh, and it's something like, you know, your experiences, because some people go through shit, girl, and they don't do anything with it, okay? So the man upstairs... It's not the- about... I don't think it's about doing something with it. I think it's about you coming out of it. Some people go through it, and they don't come out of it. And I was just driving through the valley today, earlier, 
and I I don't know what song was on the radio because I always think about that what music was playing when I was having a moment um but I just started crying because I was like holy shit I came out of it like I made it like not made it in a way of success or fame or money or movies or this or that I made it as in I'm out of, and I might go into another mental hospital one day. Who knows? The f- you don't know what tomorrow's yeah. going to bring. It's one, mm-hmm. one day at a time. But in that moment, just a couple hours ago, I was like, oh my God, I, I made it out. Like I, I, I'm like, I broke through the wall and there's always going to be another wall and there's always going to be another obstacle. You know, that's life. And one of my best friends told me like, God, gives his toughest battles to his toughest soldiers and i just was like today i was like holy shit like you know i did it i made it and that's my idea of making it no like i totally i totally love that because that's how i feel sometimes you know what i mean like i'm like holy shit like most people would have had the situations that i've gone through um and not not warriored through it um and that's not to say that i'm stronger than like listen i didn't fucking reinvent the wheel you know what i mean like i didn't reinvent the wheel um i just learned to let myself kind of allow things like you're able to tell yourself like i'm a strong like i'm strong that's it yeah you're just able to like give yourself some credit for being strong yeah, and um, I think there's because something... everyone is everyone does everyone's entitled to their own crumble, their own break. You know, we're all like at the end of the day, as cheesy as it sounds, we are equal. You yeah. know, we're yeah. all the same. And I, and I, and I, to- I totally. That's how I look at people um, from like a non-judgmental like. Well, maybe we're not all the same, but we're all equal. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I. I. I know, under- totally understand what you mean. Um, but I want to, before I let you go, I want to let you tell people, what do we, what, what, what do we have up next for you that we can kind of look out for? Probably a ton of shit, but a like, ton of shit. A yeah, ton of shit. well, it's good to be um, in a ton well, of shit. Thank you. Hopefully for more reasons, uh, or hopefully for, you know, the future, I just want more, uh, platforms outlets like this including my own hopefully podcast uh taking off next year because i think that and i would love to have you on because i think that we have great conversations um it's really hard to find a niche or a group of people or not even just a group but just anyone that Mm -hmm. believes the way you believe um and so i just feel so grateful to be on your show just to be able to give like finally the pictures on my Instagram a voice nobody's heard my voice and that's why I feel like I've been so um compelled to write because I just want people to hear me and finally like I'm so grateful I have a couple producers and financers in my life that have read my material that um are very influential uh that you know believe in my work so I think in the the next year you can definitely uh hopefully uh well maybe in the next maybe a year and a half read my book and then also uh, I you know adapted Crank by Ellen Hopkins into Mm -hmm. a movie and that is for sure happening it is my baby it is my passion project I think that was one of the first 
screenplays I ever wrote when I was 15. And then I revisited it like 10 years later. So um, I, I really think that people will, you know, see that and that'll put me on the map as a writer. Um, but, you know, I really just want to write novels. I, I mean, Hunter S. Thompson and, and Virginia Woolf, like, and Socrates and freaking Plato, they're like huge inspirations for me. And I'm, you know, it's, we're all on this journey together, but yeah, definitely a lot of my writing material will come out. Um, and then, you know, if acting happens, it happens. Like I, I, I'm not auditioning anymore. If, if I get roles that are offered to me, then that's great. But for me, writing is where my heart is now. Um, not even modeling, honestly, because I'm just, what we've just talked about for the past hour and 20 minutes uh, is, is like, I think my job on this planet is to help people as much as I can. And that's through writing. Yeah. And, and, and please do it from somebody who, um, not to get deep and emotional, but for somebody who. <laughs> I already got emotional. You kind of almost made me cry. <laughs> but for somebody who sorely didn't have felt like somebody out there understood um, and that I can connect with and them say like, damn, they fucking get it. Like they fucking get it. And now I can feel like a, a human. Like, well, now, be, now you have like, not that you didn't have a purpose before, but when you feel like someone gets you, it gives you more of a purpose. Like it mm -hmm. motivates you. You're like, holy shit. Okay. Now I can do this, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Kylie, I want to thank yeah. you from like the bottom of my heart and I, yes. I walking like coming into this today and I, I had a feeling I'm like this is probably going to be the dopest interview I have to <laughs> and I don't say well, that I'm to so everybody for your wife I'm so <laughs> thankful that she found me and yeah. was like you need to get this girl because I uh I had no idea like I I'm I love any I'm very particular with um accepting you know, interviews and jobs and things, because if the person behind it is not on like my wavelength with, mm -hmm. you know, just how they approach their art, then, uh, then it's not going to work. You know? Yeah. So Absolutely. I, I really like to keep my, the, the, my whole world, my universe, it has to kind of, I, I don't have time for haters I don't have time for people that are very shallow, you know, even though I can be shallow, um, okay. I, I'm as shallow as I am deep, but I just, you know, it, it's so rare in this world, I mean, in this town to, um, find someone that can really open you up in ways that like you, you know, can reach people. And I think you, I'm just so grateful that you were able to do that. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Genuinely, no bullshit. Really enjoyed my time with you. And we, like you yeah. said, we've been on for like an hour and 20 minutes. And I know. It, I, I could probably people, just. Like, didn't, like, no, no. <laughs> that's the beauty of podcasting is we could, I could go for however long as I want. But um, I, I really like, really, really enjoyed my time with you. And uh, hopefully, you know, yeah. Okay. You you have a you have a a home here at the Unnormalized Podcast. Whenever you have, I was gonna say let's let's revisit this when uh, when Game of Thrones is on stands and when Crank is out in theaters. Yes, let's definitely revisit this and touch base and be like 
remember that day yeah, when you yeah. were cleaning your closet and drinking Coronas? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you could at that point you could clean your closet and drink Coronas too. I, I, okay. I'll take. I, I think that it. should be exactly <laughs> that should be our thing. You know what I mean? From now, <laughs> yeah, Kylie, exactly. you have to. I'll, I'll hit you up and be like, Kylie, uh, when are you cleaning your closet? And you know, like <laughs> that, we'll, we'll make it a date, okay? <laughs> it's a date. It's All a right. Date. Sounds thank, good. Thank you, thank everybody. You. Thank you for uh, having um, a great, great interview. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Kylie. And keep out, uh, Kylie. How how could people like? follow your journey uh, i know like instagram everyone's like yeah yeah on instagram. That, is, that is my main platform right now i have there are so many other platforms that uh, are introduced to me that i'm just like no the the only thing that i feel like is personal yet uh public is instagram like that's a way for people to see you how you want to be perceived mm -hmm. and um, you know, if something other than Instagram comes along, that's also just like idiot proof and instant. That's what I love about that is the instant gratification. Um, I do have a website, kyliethorne.com and I don't really, I mean, we update it, but it's, it's mainly like, if you want to see something fast, just follow me on Instagram, Kylie fucking Thorne. I abbreviate fucking for political reasons, FKN. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, you know, keep, keep that uh keep following me on there and if you have any you know fan mail at all just hit that message link and or dm me like i i see everything um you know i i think that's my only platform right now uh, oh i did have a twitter but it got way too political i started like you know just yeah i mean you could still look on it it's i think it's like at the Kai Priestess or something. I had to stop with that because again, that was when I thought like I actually had say and like who became the president and stuff. So <laughs> I was like really like in it. And yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Twitter will make a comeback. I don't know. But as of now, it's just uh, Instagram.com slash Kylie fucking Thorne. So everybody, as soon as you listen to this, watch it, however you're ingesting the Unnormalized <laughs> podcast, I want you to go follow Kylie because she is a very, like, I think this is, we're just getting to see a little taste of who you are and what's to come for you. Um, so I'm excited to see the journey and uh, what comes out of that and what we as the receiver gets from that, I think is going to be I am so, grateful. so powerful. Uh, I think you're a very, very deep person um, oh, and, oh, and I wish you much success in everything that you do because you 100% and, you know, deserve it. You're a genuine thank person you. and, and a very, so very much very much a bright light so please oh, keep that um please keep that and again come back on uh kylie what is do you have a name for the book before i i let let you go i do it's called game of thorns love it yes game of thorns and then i also have another novel um that's more fiction and it's called savage valley girls i i'm trying to get that off the uh ground to create it into a show um so that'll be fun but my my game of thorns is uh what we were talking about so yeah. that's more about the spiritual introspection and spiritual mafias and it's deeper you know uh savage valley girls is kind of a uh, about a 
just sex and dating in the valley. <laughs> That's not bad. It's not bad. It's um, not so bad. It's not everybody, everybody, I want you to look out for Game of Thorns. I also want you to keep an eye out for Crank. Um, yes, yes. Coming out. That. And... Uh, <laughs> And and this has been a wonderful show, and I, I, I really, really enjoyed my time with you. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Unnormalized podcast. We're going to be back next week with another awesome podcast. So definitely stay, in, stay, stay tuned and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And yes. uh, we want everyone to kind of watch this this. Um, this this episode with Kylie because I think you guys are gonna get a lot of good shit out of it. So, um, I, and, yeah. <laughs> and 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 again, anytime you have any projects that are coming out that you want to kind of just put out there, or you feel like your your voice needs to be heard, this is a place for you to do that at any time. I love it. Unnormalized. Unnormalized, and everybody out there, stay unnormalized.